This month, we're beginning a brand new series entitled, Expect the Unexpected. And some of us are ex not expecting the unexpected or we're expecting the worst. And this series throughout the month, we're going to be looking at the story of Christmas, the birth of our Savior. And I think it reminds us with God to always expect, in a good way, the unexpected. Today, I want to talk about the, the unexpected gift. The unexpected gift. I was reading an article in Reader's Digest. Digest. It was humorous. It told of a, of a grandmother. And this grandmother every year would, would buy gifts for grandkids and all of her kids. And the number of grandkids and kids just kept growing from her children. And she would have to shop. And what does the teenager want? And what does the toddler need? And the size and the color. And she was doing this every year and decided one year that from now on she was not going to send gifts. She was just going to give them money. How many of you like money for Christmas and you can get whatever you want and get the right size? Well, that's what she was going to do. So she sat down at her little table there and she wrote out checks for every child and every grandchild. Got together, put cards together, mailed them off and said, now she's taking care of that, doesn't have to shop. Christmas is over. She was cleaning up things on her table one day, a few days after Christmas, and noticed that all of the checks were laying there. She forgot to put the checks in the envelope. And every one of her kids and grandkids got a card with handwritten from her say, buy your own gift this year. <laughs> yeah, that was unexpected, wasn't it, huh? Well, I want you to know with God, you can expect the unexpected, and he has an unexpected gift for you. Now, the story we're going to read in Scripture today is from the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. Let me set the scene. It's when the angel Gabriel is going to come to Mary and say, Mary, you have been selected and God's going to use you to bring the Savior of the world to mankind, the ultimate gift. And I'm going to read a little larger portion of Scripture than I might normally read, but I think the setting is, is valuable for us to look at. And if you don't mind, indulge me just a moment. I'm going to reflect on some of the scripture as we read through it. Let's begin in Luke chapter 1 verse 26 and following. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored and the Lord is with you. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Hmm, I'm caught by that. The, the Lord sends an angel and tells Mary, you're highly favored. And the, and the scripture says that Mary was greatly troubled. Now, what's interesting about this, the Bible 
uh, which is here in English I'm reading from, the original language that the Bible was written in is Greek. And this, this phrase, was greatly troubled, is actually just one Greek word. It takes three English words to translate one Greek word uh, in our Bible. What's also intriguing is this is the only place in the Bible where this Greek word is found. It's not found anywhere else. In other words, what Mary experienced was not experienced by anybody else. And the idea of was greatly troubled, I don't know if it really conveys the full emotion. Let me, let me tell you what it means. That in, in our vernacular, it means she was appalled. She was agitated, maybe even perturbed. She hears from the angel, Mary, you are greatly favored, and it perturbs her. She's appalled by it. She's upset by that. And I'm wondering as I read the text, why is that? Perhaps it could be that Mary looks at her situation in life and it doesn't match the promise that was just given her. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like your, your experience and your reality did not match the promise or the expectation you had in life? Has somebody ever said to you, you're lucky in life. You're, you're, you're fortunate to have that job. You're, you're so blessed. You say, that job, I'm, I'm looking for another one right now. It's the worst job. I'd like to get out of it. Somebody said, you know what? You have such nice kids, and you're wanting to trade them off and get new ones. You, know? <laughs> you say, you don't live with them. Have you ever felt like that your reality did not match what you thought? Have you ever heard a message or a passage of Scripture or you hear something and it just doesn't feel like it was for you? It doesn't match what you're going through at the time. Instead of blessed and highly favored, you feel bruised and overlooked in life. That things are not as good as they could be or should be. Maybe you're living in that in-between moment and you're saying things are not good for me right now. In fact, it's kind of agitating to say that I should appreciate where I'm at right now. That's what Mary was going through. The angel said you're highly favored and it perturbed her. Let's read on verse number 30. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of the, his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So true. We're still a part of his kingdom. 2,000 years later, his kingdom still reigns. Let's go on, verse 34. This, is, this will be, excuse me, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? She said, I figured this thing out. I know how this thing works. I don't know a man, and I'm not married, and I'm a virgin. How is this going to happen? The angel answered, verse 35, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said was unable to conceive is in her sixth month. I love this. No word from God will ever fail. Verse 37. If there could be one thing to put in your spirit, may I put that in your spirit today? No word from God will ever fail. 
If God has promised you that he's going to take you through it, God's word will not fail. If God said he was going to heal you, if God said he's going to restore it, if God said he's going to open the door, if God said he's going to provide, no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38, and I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be to me fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Simply, it says in the message version, verse 38, that Mary said yes. She didn't understand. She was perturbed. And the angel said that God's going to come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and you're going to bring the unexpected gift to all of humanity. And Mary just simply said in verse 38, okay, I'm willing to let it happen. You see, God responds to faith, and we know that. God responds to faith, but maybe today you don't feel like you're making a passing grade in the subject of faith. I mean, faith is great. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith opens doors, but there are sometimes our faith is on the low-octane level. Then we also know God not only honors faith, God honors obedience, And sometimes we stumble in life. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we just flat mess up in life and we don't do things the way we should have done them. But the Bible says here that God did not honor Mary's faith. God did not honor Mary's obedience. God honored Mary's willingness. That encourages me. Sometimes when our faith is not strong and we stumble along the way, God still brings his best gift to us if we're just willing. Let me say, some of you have disqualified yourself from God's best, and I'm here to say you're willing. You're in the house of God today. You're online today. You're saying, God, I'm not giving up. There's something in you saying, God, I'll hang on, and God, I'll sign up, and I'm at least willing to do that, and God is willing to help you. God has lowered the bar and said, if you're willing, God can work with you. The other day, just this past week, I had a, an account with a financial institution that I needed to go in and, and check on, and, and I had signed up and had it all worked out. And Am I the only one that you forget passwords? Am, am I the only one? You know, what was that password back then? Did I capitalize this and did I use this symbol or that symbol? And I went online and I typed out and it said no. And I typed it. Well, I wonder if I did it this way. No. It's been a long time and I'm trying to remember what password would I have used. I tried three or four and finally it said I'm locked out. Yeah, that's my money and I'm locked out, Okay. So what am I going to do? I call the number they give, and I spoke to a lady. She was so kind on the phone. I said, I'm trying to, and I can't remember uh, any of my passwords. She said, well, you chose some security questions, and all I need to do is ask you two security questions, and I can help you reset your password. I said, fine. The first one is a school I went to. Well, I only went to one elementary school, so that was very easy. That was one of the questions. Another one, I had, chose the, I had chose the question, what is your favorite book of the Bible? And she said, I need to know what's your favorite book of the Bible. I said, oh, book of Joshua. She said, no, that's not what you wrote. I said, well, how about the book of Acts? No, that's not what you put down. 
I said, what about the gospel? She says, no, that's not what you put down. She said, let me help you. She says, it's, she was a believer. She was helping me, okay? She's, a, she's, a, she's helping. It's in the middle of the Bible, and the book begins with the letter P. I said, my favorite book is Psalms. There it is. She said, congratulations, and you can get into your account. I'm telling, this lady lowered the bar for me to get in. I'm telling you why. She brought, it, she brought it down to the kindergarten level for me to get in and pass the test. I'm here to say God has lowered it. And when you feel like your faith is not working and you feel like you haven't been in stride with God in obedience, God's saying, if you're willing, I can work with you. And God's unexpected gift can come your way if you're willing. There are a few thoughts that I want to drop in our heart today if I can. Number one I want to share with you is God has a better plan. The unexpected gift, God has a better plan. If humanity was somehow going to uh, contrive a way for us to find favor with God, they, they, in fact, that's what religion has done. It will create rules and policies and regulations, but that's not what God did. God, religion says you've got to work your way up to God and the gospel says God stooped down and came to us. You see, God has a better plan. And here God is going to do something that man could not do for himself. Mankind could not do. And that is get to God. There was a barrier. There was failure. And God says, you can't get to me. Let me get to you. God has a better plan. And sometimes in life, we feel like that we've got to come up and we try to help God. Have you, ever, have you ever spent your prayer time suggesting to God what he could do? Oh, I have. Yeah, I have. Giving God a list, God, by this date, and here's what you, and I figured it out. If you do this and God do that, and if you'd zap this person, you let the world, the, the earth open up and swallow this person, God, the whole world would be better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do that. Some of us are caught and we think the thing that's going to cure the world is the Democratic donkey or the Republican elephant. No, it's not. It's the lion of the tribe of Judah is what our world needs today. And we're caught in, in our own plan and we think if we could get a certain party or a certain politician in, all the ills of life would change. And here's what God is saying. God has a better plan. God has a better plan in your life. Denise and I, my wife, we have pastored this church for 36 years. 1986, we planted this church, and we have been here 36 years. Let me take you about 38 years ago, 38 years ago before we uh, were here. We, we knew in our heart that God was leading us to pastor. We'd served on staff at a couple of churches, but never in a lead pastor role. So we began to explore, and every door closed, every door, every church we explored. There was one church that, that they couldn't pay their bills. They had 20 people, and they couldn't promise a salary. We put in our, our resume for that, and they said, no, we're looking for somebody with lead pastor experience. So they turned us down, and out of that, we felt like God, maybe every door is closing, and there's something that just began to stir in our heart to plan a new church in northwest San Antonio, so that's what we did. But let me tell you, I'm talking about God has a better plan. The church that we were looking at, 
that turned us down. They went through about six pastors in eight years. And two of the pastors, after being there, quit the ministry. And I think back, God, I, I, was, I, was, I was trying to make it happen and trying to do my plan. And if Denise and I had stepped in a church full of conflict and our first pastor, no telling how we could have been wounded and hurt in life. God, you protected us. You know, sometimes God answers your prayers by not answering the prayer you asked for. Yes. Some of us are at this point in life say, God, we prayed early on in this year and it didn't happen. And God has answered your prayer because God has a better plan. If it's not good, then God's not done. Just put that in your spirit. If it's not good today, then God's not done with you. God has a better plan. Number two, I share with you, God likes to cross the lines. Yes. God likes to cross the line. You ever go to those places, you get in line and you can't get out, you queue up for a line or you stand in line, you have to do all the, there are certain ways you do it. God likes to cross the lines. In other words, God is not limited by the limitations we have. Do you know it was God in Genesis who established the, 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 the biology of how, how a baby is born? That there is a, a female egg and a, and a male fertilization that comes together and that creates life and, and then it, it goes through the developmental process. God established that, but at this moment... In Luke chapter 1, God says, I'm going to cross the line. I establish the way it's done, but I'm going to do it different. I'm not limited by the natural process. And God steps in and he does the supernatural. And here's what I'm saying. There are things that seem untimely, your schedule, according to your agenda, according to your education, according to your experience, according to your timeline, you say it can't work out. And God crosses lines. God is not limited by the limitations that we have. Life sometimes feels like it's a tightrope. Sometimes life feels like it's a jump rope. Sometimes life feels like it's a tightrope. And sometimes life feels like it's a noose. But with Jesus, there's a lifeline. And God steps in when everybody steps out. When others say it's over and it can't be done. When the chain of command has failed. And it seems like there's no opportunity. And it seems inoperable. It seems incurable, irreparable. When it seems like it's, it's irretrievable in moments of life. God's hand steps in and God does what no one else does because God crosses lines. My wife and I, just before Thanksgiving, we received a phone call. It's one of those phone calls I told Denise that made my year. That made my year just before Thanksgiving this year. My wife earlier on this year received a phone call from her older brother and her older brother said, that he was diagnosed with cancer. He went to the doctor and the doctor says it's inoperable and the best they can do is manage it. So he's been on treatments to not cure but to manage the cancer. 
right before Thanksgiving, my wife Denise received a call from her brother. He was crying on that end of the phone. Denise is crying and I hear the story afterwards. He went and he's going through treatment and the treatment is to manage it. He went back to the doctor after the first treatment and the numbers went from high to low. They began to do a scan and here's what the doctor said. There is no tumor. And we, we, here's the doctor said, I have never seen this happen before. I've never seen this happen. He asked the doctor, then are you telling me I'm cancer free? He said, I can't use the word free, but he said the tumor is not there. And she is sharing that with me. And I'm saying, God, to you be the glory. God, to you be the glory. Something happened that shouldn't have happened. We didn't go into management. We went into cure. You know, God just can cross lines. God can do some things that are just out of our understanding and our ability to, to, to conceptualize, God does wonderful things in life. Don't say that God can and don't say that God won't because God crosses lines. Absolutely. There was a man who was in a poor third world country and I'd been to several of them and when they go to the market, it's not like you going to a major grocery store with aisle after aisle and variety after variety. They go to the market and there's a few baskets of fruit here and maybe there's a couple options of bread here. There may or may not be even meat available and it's certainly not refrigerated. Their concept of a market is much different from our concept of a market and this man from a third world country came to the United States and went to one of these spacious groceries chain where they have aisle after aisle, choice upon choice, gluten-free, wheat or white or regular, sugar-free, low-fat, low-carb, I mean, with trans, without trans fats and without this. I mean, you know how every variety is out there. He's walking down an aisle and he sees powdered drink mix and he says, what is this? And they said, you just add water to it and you have grape juice or you have strawberry juice or lemon drink juice, whatever you want. You just add water. He said, wow, what a country. He goes down another aisle and there are powdered pudding mixes, instant pudding. He said, what is this? And they say, you just add water and you have pudding. It's a dessert. He said, wow, what a country. The next aisle, there are there are powdered cake mixes. What is this? You take the powder, you add water to it, and you have a cake. You have a dessert. He said, wow, what a country. I'm down another aisle. Powdered milk, what is this? said, you just add water to it, and instantly you have milk. He said, wow, what a country. He went down another aisle, and he saw baby power. And he said, wow, what a country. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, there are times that you just have to say of God, wow, God, wow, God, you do things that no one else can do. You have the ability to step in God. You have the ability to turn things. God, you cross lines and you redeem us and you change us and you do good things for us. Number three, I share with you, God, he turns things around. God turns things around. You see, Jesus was, was not God's inspector. God did not send an inspector. God did not send a quality control manager. He didn't come to scrutinize us, and God sent a Savior because God sent his son to save us. Why? Because God's in the business of turning things around. God's in the business of turning things around. You, you, you have to understand about Jesus. Some of us see God as this obscure, austere person you think that sees you through the eyes of judgment. Can I tell you, he sees you through the eyes of a cross. He sent a savior. And he came to redeem. And in just a moment, I'm going to call our prayer team forward. And I think some of us are at a stuck moment in life. And some of us feel perhaps disenfranchised by God. We, we feel overlooked. That your station and your situation in life doesn't match what you, you really believe you should be and what you've prayed for. And you see that disconnect. And maybe you're even like Mary, that when you hear of the goodness of God, it disturbs you a little bit because you feel overlooked. But I'm here to tell you, God turns things around. God can turn things around. I want to give you a number today, a number, and it's 5020. Doesn't sound very promising. You'd rather have a 50-50 chance, wouldn't you? But I'm going to tell you, it's a 50-20. Pastor, that doesn't sound very promising. If I'm going into business and it's 50-50, they pay half and I pay half, and that seems fair, but a 50-20 doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. It, it seems like it's in, un, unjust. It, it's a, it doesn't seem to cover all the bases. It it seems to have an inequity built into it. Why 50-20? There's a man by the name of Joseph that was done wrong time after time. And in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, when God redeemed him and God turned things around, here's what he said. What was meant for harm God meant for good. So remember that, 50-20. May it remind you that things that seem to be for harm, God means for good because God can turn things around. God can take us from the guttermost to the uttermost. He has the ability to do that. And last, I share with you, 
as I close. And as I do, I'm going to invite our prayer team right now to move forward and stand at the front. Thank you, prayer team. The last point I have to share with you this day is that the presence of God brings presence from God. I know it's a little play on words, but perhaps it reminds us the presence of God brings a present from God. That's what the angel said. Mary, you're disturbed. You're upset. But the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you and the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, the presence of God. And no word from God, no promise from God will ever fail. And you're going to give birth to the Savior of the world. The present is found in His presence. There's something about the presence of God. It seems to answer. It seems to solve things. It seems to help us move beyond things. And some of us, that's where we're at. That's where we're caught at the end of this year and we're, we're like Mary. I'm greatly troubled. I'm disturbed. I'm perturbed, God, how this year has turned out. And God's saying, you just come into my presence and you're going to discover his present, his gift, his goodness in your life.